0: hello everyone and welcome to another segment of working the dash with tk this podcast is going to be extra exciting as i welcome today none other than the most vibrant the illustrious the one and only pastor, Dr. Ruby Holland. We know her. We love her. And I am so happy that she is joined with me today. How are you? I
1: am wonderfully well. And what a delightful pleasure it is to be with you. And uh, on this segment of Working the Dash, it is just a joy to be able to share this moment with someone who is so gracious in the kingdom and doing oh, a great work you. to
0: advance the cause of Christ in the earth. I am so happy that you are here with me and listen. If you know anything about this particular pastor, you know that she is busy and she is always on the road. So it's such a delight when she can take time out of such an amazingly busy schedule to talk to us, the community of believers, and also give us ways um, as female evangelists and preachers of the gospel, um, ways that we can strengthen our ministry. And so I'm excited today and we're just going to jump right in here and just ask ask you a few questions about ministry. You've been in ministry for about 40 years now, and I just want you to talk to us um, from a female perspective of being um, a pastor, a mother, a grandmother, how you're balancing it all, and how this began. How did you know, uh, Dr. Holland, Pastor Holland, how did you know that this was something that you were called to do? Well, at an early age, I
1: realized that I had a special love for God. And not that I had a special love for God, but He loved me unconditionally. And I think I understood that at the age of five. However, my parents were married 58 years, and I was born and raised Kojic. And there's some real rich history in the Kojic, in the grand old Church of God (laughs) in Christ. (laughs) When Bishop Mason first came to the little town, Longview, Texas, and founded the first Kojic church, it was on my great-grandparents' property. Now, that church... It's not the same building, but it's still on that same property, and it's over 100 years old. Wow. My dad is 90 years old, and my mother's oldest sister, who lived to be a centurion, uh, was an usher in the Church of God in Christ for more than 80 years. Wow. Mother, Lena B. Skinner, She's went on, <laughs> she went on to be with the Lord, and I'm sure she's still ushering in heaven today. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, yes, of course. And, of course, I, I knew that there was a call on my life, not just a call but I knew I was chosen for something special however I didn't realize what all that entailed and through time and obedience I submitted to the will of God for my life and it was difficult in the past 40 years Uh, but when you love God yes and when you know that um, God has this special work for you uh, there are times that you may be like Jonah and you, you, he may have to throw you overboard. But <laughs> right. then a, a few times of, of being hard-headed and suffering mm-hmm. the consequences, didn't you realize that obedience is better than sacrifice? And I finally gave God a real yes. Yes, oh, from wow. the bottom of my heart.
0: Yes. Well, I'm excited to hear um, this part of your story and to allow Others who may be wondering about this thing called evangelism and pastoral leadership, especially from a female perspective, Uh, you have a very thriving church in the city of Memphis. And I want you to talk a little bit about this call. I want you to talk about how this pull to that location took place and how you are right now transforming the lives of so many different people because you surrendered to God.
1: Yes, my yes really was yes. I mean yes, absolutely yes. Um, I believe that um, God's word is absolute absolutely. and it's 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 it is emphatic and it is infallible. And God is true to His word and true to His promises. With that being said, the Word of God says, "I will do a new thing." and in order for god to do a new thing there has to be a shift mm. there there has to be a shift there has to there has to be a surrendering of the old and an embracing of the new wow and where we get stuck in the body of christ is we think that god is frigid and he, he he's immutable yes and he changes not but the methods of God changes. Wow. The foundation is the same, but the method changes. And we know with technology, you would not take um, a rotary phone now, a dial-up phone now, mm-hmm. and with in this day of internet and cyberspace. So we must understand that if God is going to do a new thing, there has to be a shift. And so we have to be open-minded about the changes that is going to take place in the kingdom. I always said that our mind works better if it's like an umbrella or a parachute, if we're just open-minded about Mm -hmm. things, you know, just because, Uh, You've never seen it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Absolutely. And so I believe that this is a season in time where God is shifting things and raising up daughters, women of God, that are called, that has a mandate, that has the boldness to say... I am an agent for change because anything that ceases to change ceases to exist. Anything that's not growing, anything that's not productive, anything that's not yielding fruit, anything that's not bearing increase is dying. And we know that God is not dead. So, with that being said, I understood that I had to say yes to God. There was absolutely no it, it was this thing that God was not going to allow me to. It was like a no was not possible. Right. <laughs> I had to say yes, and whatever that yes entailed, because of everything that God had done in my life, how he had just put his fingerprint, Mm. the fingerprint of God, the seal of God has been on my life from the age of five, even to now. And there are no, there's absolutely no way that I could have come from such humble beginnings To where God has brought me, except I had the stamp of approval on God. And I will say to any young woman that is struggling in ministry or struggling to obey God, when God speaks to you, TK, Mm. nobody has to hear it with you. And it then becomes your responsibility, not just to hear,
0: but to hear and obey God listen i'm so inspired right now uh, like I, I feel like i could go pastor a church <laughs> listen it's exciting um uh, because i i hear your story and one thing about your story is that your healing was connected to your yes absolutely and you had to take some time and go seclude yourself just as jesus did in the wilderness absolutely. you had to take that level of seclusion and um not to be integrated into what was going on, but you had to exclude yourself from what was the popular and take yourself into a wilderness experience because I understand from your story that there was a specific healing, a specified healing. I've actually been with you. I've experienced you sick. Um, I've experienced times where you've had to not be able to take engagements because you were too sick and, and I mean, Absolutely. sick enough to not breathe. Like I've, I've seen you like with pumps and um, masks and uh, oxygen tanks and, you know, cords and you're you're struggling for life. And even in all of that, you're having to turn down engagements, but yet you're saying yes to the Lord. Absolutely. So there was a, a physical healing as well as a spiritual healing that was connected to the yes. Let's talk about that. Absolutely.
1: I remember um, most people know that I am a cancer conqueror. And I say conqueror Ooh. because God said don't say you're a survivor. You're not a survivor. You're a conqueror. And when you know that you're a conqueror is when the thing that was supposed to kill you, you killed it. Well, Ooh. in 2013, I remember saying this is the year of the open heaven. I I'm living under I'm living under an open heaven, and it was the year that so many doors were open to me in other reformations, in other countries. It was it was just an under an open heaven, and um suddenly I was like blindsided by there was no warning Um, I felt fine one day I'm up and the next day I'm fighting for my life I didn't understand it at the time but the fight to live and to live through that attack taught me or prepared me for this battle that I was going to have in starting a ministry because I'm Church of God in Christ, and I just don't believe that I should have to leave my foundation to obey
0: God. Wow. And so... And talk about that a little bit because being Church of God in Christ, traditionally men pastor churches, and it is not the tradition of the Church of God in Christ where you find female pastors. And even if they are female pastors, they're not very well acknowledged. So um, just for the listening audience out there who, are, who, who may not be familiar with that type of uh, tradition, it's not that it's not accepted. It's just traditionally, it has not been a foundational uh, premise.
1: Well, I I know that in 2013, um, Zion was calling me to something greater than traveling across the country uh, As as an evangelist. And I specifically remember the Lord saying to me, your total healing is attached to your total obedience. Wow. Your total healing is attached to your total obedience. And I remember fighting to live, just absolutely decreeing and declaring that I wouldn't die to the degree that I would tell myself, you better not die. I refuse to die. Wow. It was a refusal. And then I was reminded of the fact that death is by appointment, not by assignment. The wow. Bible says man is appointed one." to die. Not an assignment. I just believe that God is so gracious and he loves us so that I just believe that some of us get an Get an option as to when we want to leave here. That we will live as long as we want to, and when we're ready, we can tell God, Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Yes, yes. But He spoke to me and said that my total healing was attached to my total obedience. And I knew, I probably knew 20 years ago that I would one day pastor, but because I'm a part of this system that traditionally says, this is not what we do here. Not that it's not accepted. Right. But uh, I, you know, I just believe that anything you're a part of, you should support it. hold Absolutely. You know, you wouldn't work for McDonald's and show up in a Burger King uniform. <laughs> right. That, you, you just wouldn't do that. And uh, so when the Lord raised me up from the illness, I knew sp- what the assignment was. And I remember I did one Bible study. Um, I put a flyer out the day before because I was looking for somewhere to do it, and I was afraid. And honestly, I when I started the Bible study, I didn't initially know that it would become Accomplishing Word Ministry. I had no name for a church. I was just obeying God. And um, I did the The Bible study was on a Thursday night. I believe it was December the 11th, if my memory serves me correctly. And the next day, I got on a plane, and I flew to Canada. I was in Canada for three days on a sabbatical. I didn't take a cell phone. I didn't take a computer. I was on this three-day fast and sabbatical. And I remember I was on, I was prostate on the floor with my face weeping, telling God, I I don't want to do this because they're going to crucify me upside down. <laughs> and in the three days with no food, no water, just laying Jesus. out before God, he said four words to me, and those words was, this ain't about you. Wow. I I was expecting God to say how I was going to be able to do it and what steps to take and who I would call and who would support me. But the only thing God said was, "This is a not, not excuse me, this is not about you. And you have to understand that the purpose, the plan, uh, the destiny that God has for your life, it's never about you. It becomes your responsibility to obey God. There are times in your life where you have to make the decision and trust God to make the provision. However, I wasn't prepared for the fight that would come with my yes. If it's easy, anybody can do it. And I remember saying to God, God, I'm scared. And God said to me, do it scared. So what you have to know is that God never gives you an assignment that you can do, that you can accomplish with your own abilities, with your own resources, with your own connections, your own hookups. If you can do it, it's not a God assignment. Because God always gives us something greater than ourselves all the while He's gracing us with the ability to do it while we're saying I cannot (laughs) cannot do this on my own. So we can't take credit for when we get there we have have to give God the glory because
0: we could not do it in our own ability. Now, Pastor Ruby, I don't have a shouting track here with me. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm stirred up. And, and you all, I have to let you know, she's only about 5'4". But she done stood up in this office all the way up. And I'm just excited about it. So listen, you talked about being afraid. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we have done God a disservice because we become afraid. And in the fear, sometimes we fail to accomplish the assignment absolutely and so I want you to talk a little bit about moving forward even of being afraid well there's a difference in being afraid and fear
1: Fear okay. is false evidence appearing real I was afraid in that I knew that I was not capable of doing this and I could give God a million reasons why he should choose someone else and perhaps he had but I was one that had been given a a platform but also given the boldness to say yes to God I don't believe that I'm the only uh, woman that was given this assignment yes. but i do believe that i was one that loved God enough trusted God enough and was bold enough in the face of adversity to say man ought to obey God rather than man and wow. because of that and be, because of that and you have to know TK that it was that illness in 2013 that fight, gave me the bravery and the courage to say, if God said it, come hell or high water, come hell or low water. If I got hell and no water, I'm (laughs) obeying God because
0: whenever you obey God, it puts you in a win-win situation. Absolutely. And I, and I have to tell you, and the listening audience, I have to say, I have been at the services i have experienced the bible studies i have been in the prayer what i want to talk about foundationally is the prayer that happens every monday night at accomplishing word ministries listen i'm a product of that prayer uh pastor ruby holland my personal testimony is that she saved my life um i came at a. I came to her um unbeknownst to me we were at a service together um she was looking as fabulous as she always is i mean just like a doll and i was we were at a service together at um just supporting someone here in the city of memphis and my pastor had to preach at that particular service and after that service uh, your daughter, Tamisha, walked up to me and said... Which is very unusual. <laughs> <laughs> she walked up to me and she said... "I uh, Well, actually, she was driving in the parking lot and I was walking to my car. And she slowed down and handed me a flyer of prayer, a prayer service, out of the window. Now... You know how we've grown up in the Church of God in Christ. I'm very, very reserved about whose prayers I attend, Absolutely. And whose churches we go to, and I don't do a lot of extra visiting and moving around. Um, so I was, I was somewhat reserved. But I've seen you in all of the conventions, all of the convocations. You've always been so cordial. Uh, likewise with your daughter Tamisha, always been so cordial. So I took the flyer, and I gave her my word. And this was a Sunday evening prayer was Monday I said sure you know I'm right up the street I'll come to the <laughs> prayer and I wanted to honor my word so I came to the prayer that Monday night and I remember coming in the prayer um, I saw you outside um, you had on a dress you had on some flats you had a microphone in your hand standing outside with a bottle of oil anointing the people as they came in it it compelled me to make sure I came in the church properly and um, I remember walking in and I remember it, it Reminding me so much of being back at home and listening to my father pray and I and I knelt down to pray and all of a sudden I felt this tap on my shoulder and it's you asking me to help you pray. And I said, this lady don't know anything about I me. I don't know what's going on. And you found me at a time in my life and a time in my ministry where I was sinking. I was, I I had, I was in a dark place. I'll just say that I was in a very dark place. Ministry wise. You,
1: you were, you were in transition.
0: I was in very much in
1: transition. And when you look at the prefix trans, it's symbolizes motion or movement. Yes. And transition always repositions you. When you think about the transmission of a car it's what makes it move. Wow. When you think think about transparency it's always moving in motion so you say it was a dark place it was just
0: transition for God to reposition you for where he was taking you and you told me that that night like so here's the thing I I come to this prayer and I said this lady is phenomenal so I, I had already heard you preach I had seen you here and there watched you just glide through the crowds of the conventions and things of that nature and and then you're so personable that's always it's usually one or the other usually like totally cool or not so <laughs> so uh you you you've always been so cordial and the thing that just really drew me to you was the fact that you were so grounded in prayer so i want you to talk about why it's so important for ministers of the gospel preachers of the gospel to be first, not grounded in the idea of a big church or a nice edifice or um, how many members you have, how much offering is coming in. All of those things have their place, but why is it so important that your ministry is built on prayer?
1: Well, I grew up in a home, in a family with prayer. My mother was a prayer warrior intercessor and it was nothing to hear her get out of her bed at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, Jesus, come on and yes. Satan, you a liar. <laughs> cover my family, cover my children. I grew up in that. And one of the things that the Lord said to me uh, when I started the ministry, He said, Ruby, this church will be built on prayer, praise, and the Word of God. Yes. And it doesn't matter. That's what's on your flyers. That's prayer, praise, praise and, the and the Word, word of God. God. Uh, prayer has to be that foundation. Yes. And so every Monday night, If I'm in the city, I'm going to be here in prayer calling on the name of the Lord. Because my mother said something to me many, many years ago, and I won't tell you how old I am, (laughs) but it was over 50 years ago. My mother said these words to me, and I hear those words echoing in my ear even now. She says, you have to have a prayer life. And she says to me, she says, as long as you can hear from God, you will always have an edge on the devil. So we communicate with God through prayer. Prayer changes things. It changes people. And it changes your situation.
0: If it doesn't change those three things, it'll change you. Wow. Well, I'm excited about the everything that's happening at Accomplishing Word. I want you to know it's a it's a very thriving church. And as far as being a thriving church in the city, it sits in a location that's somewhat hidden and I feel like the fact that it's hidden, it's very um it represents where God has you, where God has the ministry and the the forward moving things that he's going to do. It's it's hidden now but only just for a short while and pretty soon it's already a beacon of light, even sitting where it's sitting. It's already, I have seen this church at its capacity. Um, you've done plenty of things here. You, you write plays, you produce plays. I mean, if you've never seen a Pastor Ruby play, you you, <laughs> not, you haven't seen one yet. Where are you, Tally Perry? You need to call me, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you gotta see a play. Um, but there are so many things that happen. And the one thing I love about your ministry is that you do not operate as a storefront church. You do not have a storefront mentality. Although the ministry may be small, you operate in a spirit of excellence, in fact, your motto is emulating, emulating excellence, excellence without, without excuse. So I'm, I'm very much ingrained in this ministry, as <laughs> yes. you can see. Yes. yes, you're one of our already <laughs> chartered members. Yes. yes. So I'm very much ingrained because I believe in the vision. Um, right now, you're in a vision. You're you're you have a vision of expansion. You're an expansion project, and I want you to tell the people. Um, listen, we we've had we had a very set up uh, interview here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have completely gone off course. But um, it it is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. But I want you to tell the audience how they can sow into accomplishing words. uh, Accomplishing word. Give us a a few of the things that you have projected um, that you have projected for the upcoming year. I know that you have um, you have you're in a building phase right now. You're a building project. You have some things going on. And I want you to tell people how. They can sow into this ground. Well, you can always write a check and mail it to Post Office Box
1: 753082 Memphis, Tennessee, Three eight one seven five. Make it payable to Accomplishing Word Ministries, or you can use the initials AWM. You can give on Giblify. We have Cash App. Um, there's other means. You can just come by that's one of our services. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or you can look tell us up. where you're located. We're located at twenty seven forty five South Mendenhall Road, right in the heart of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we're in the Hall Center. We're the standalone building all the way in the back. And one thing I want to say, um, TK, you may mention that we, where we are located now, you believe that that's in the divine plan of God. I want to say that um, Moses was kept in obscurity for 40 years. The first 40 years of his life, he spent those years thinking he was a somebody. The next 40 years of his life when he fled from Pharaoh's he spent those 40 years knowing he was a nobody. And (laughs) in the last 40 years of his life, he spent those 40 years realizing that God could use anybody. And I'm just so grateful. That the hand of God is upon our life. We're less than three years old, and no man can do this except God be for us and God be with us. But by the grace of God, we've done it with a revolving door, but God has sustained us. He's He's kept us, and I'm excited about what God is
0: doing for accomplishing our ministry. Listen, you've been here three years, but you have a church van. Come on now. <laughs> If you need a ride, call us,
1: 901-207-5599. Brother Ron will pick you up and take you back home. Listen,
0: I'm telling you, you all, this is phenomenal. I have one last thing that we're going to do, and then we're going to close this podcast out. We're going to have you back. I I would be delighted to come back. You're coming back because we have so much to cover, so so much much to talk about. Um, But listen, I just want to make sure that um, before you leave us today, I want you to give us some very encouraging words as to how to balance being a pastor an evangelist a mother a grandmother because we all know that the church is a spiritual thing um, but we sometimes lose ourselves inside of the church if we do not know how to balance our natural lives so tell us how to make those boxes work
1: Absolutely, and the more than um, 40 years that I've been an evangelist, now pastor, um, I'm I'm the mother of two daughters, 30 and 35, and one thing was clear to me, and that was my first ministry was my family, was my daughters, and I believe that God is a God of order, Yes. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm a hands-on mother, hands-on grandmother. I'm, I, I try to be at every event, um, things that are important, birthdays. And you're a sports person. I'm a sports fanatic. I love, I, I love sports, all sports. I try to play all sports. So um, it was important to me <clears throat> that my daughters early on knew that I was the epitome of strength, poise, and grace. Wow. And that I was not without struggle. And that their God, the same God that I love, would be their God. And as he provided for me and graced me with the anointing and the fortitude and the strength to do what I, I wanted them to do to see that. I wanted to be that example, not of some superwoman, but a woman with struggles, but a a woman that trusts God for literally everything. And my first priority was to my daughters. So if nobody else knew that I was what I said I was and that I lived the life that I preached and taught... it was important that they saw it first and I believe that because of the life that I lived before my daughters and the grace of God I believe that's why they're so passionate about working with me in ministry and they
0: are blessed phenomenally with voices of gold I mean I think I've sat here at this church with a microphone, trying to mimic what they do, <laughs> because I'm like, oh, they're gonna teach me how to sing. And everybody's so, like, why, are, why, do, why aren't y'all recording? Why don't you have? It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's, it it it's coming. It will. You, you, you have a lot of things on the horizon. Yes. I do want to make mention though before we leave um, that you have a lot of things not only on the horizon uh, in your family and your personal affairs, but also. Um, at the church, and the church is doing some great things. You have pushed out um, Window of Hope. When, you yes. you have pushed out some things for women in Absolutely. the city, Window, and so your community involvement yes. is very very connected. Yes,
1: Window of Hope. We do uh, Window of Hope. That is for uh, women <coughs> that are in transition. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal program, and it, you can actually support that. It's a nonprofit. Um, it's for women in transition. We provide stability, housing for them, transportation to and from work we have a dress to success program we have a welfare to work program and I just believe that um, outreach is more important than inreach. that's right Uh, because it is when you study the life of Jesus and I'm trying to wrap this up but when you look at the ministry of Jesus we never we we see him a few times in the temple in the synagogue but it was all about outreach and that's what we want to model
0: Yes, and you have done that very well here in the city of Memphis. You're actually located right up the street from the police. Station, and you've actually connected with the police officers absolutely. here. Absolutely, and I mean, it just—it's great. Sometimes when we see the men in blue come over and and you recognize them, absolutely. Um, you also had—you run a summer camp. at Camp incredible. It is incredible. Camp it, incredible. That's it, what it's incredible. called.
1: From zero to fifteen.
0: Camp incredible. Yeah. And then, and you actually employ. Um, high school students Absolutely. as well as um, those who are just in, in college or back at home and, and they need some place to um, work and stay out of trouble. Absolutely. You have them right here at the church. And so those are things that are happening in this ministry, three years old. And then also TK, uh,
1: the ministry, my personal evangelistic ministry, Touch the World Ministries, Touch the world. we do a book scholarship each year for a first-time college student or a non-traditional college student uh, and that book scholarship is like seven hundred dollars wow. scholarship that we do uh, it's our way of giving back and uh, promoting education we provide tutorial programs and uh, math science and reading and we're just we just want to really make a difference and we want our presence to be felt where it matters most.
0: And I do want to interject. It's hard to wrap this up, Dr. Ruby. Uh, it is, um, it's very hard. I'm going to have <laughs> to come back. I agree with but you. I do I, say, <laughs> I do need to say this, though. You epitomize all of that because you, by profession, are a registered nurse and yep. you keep those license active in the event that you have to go back and stick a needle Absolutely. in the arm <laughs> i need to
1: draw your blood give you an
0: injection. okay so by profession that. you are a registered nurse you have earned um an honorary doctorate uh, yes. uh, which that's not easy to come by um, i'm humble. yes it, it's not easy I've... to come by because honorary doctorates um you have to have so much into uh the industry or the arena to receive those doctorates, so we're just proud of who you are Thank who you, you what you epitomize and and i you you have so many other things that we we can definitely definitely speak about um but I just want to let you know from the bottom of my heart. I am so grateful that God allowed you to pick me up and uh, that he allowed you to keep me with you and uh, keep uh, you with me. And I'm just excited about the things that are forthcoming. I I see it before I see it. And I know that God has certainly put um, his favor upon your life, so I'm happy. and And I wanna encourage everyone to sow into fertile ground. If you are trying to figure out where to put extra money, this is Fertile Ground, and I just want to let you know that Accomplishing Word Ministry is doing all that it can to reach the community as well as the lost for Jesus Christ. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for This having has been me. such a uh,
0: time flies when you're having fun. Um, but we're going to let you go now, and thank you so much for joining Working the Dash with TK. I love you so love much, you, Lauren, Pastor, much. and uh, we will return with you at another time. God bless you. Um, give us our last words and please uh, feel free to say a prayer uh, to everyone uh, that's, that's listening with us.
1: I just want to encourage you um, to
0: know what God
1: has called you to do and be intentional about it. It's not going to be without struggles or challenges or adversity, but you must know greater is he that's in you than he that is in the word. Now. Kind Father, we thank you for your loving kindness, your great grace, and your tender mercies that you have extended towards us. I pray, God, that you would wrap us in your loving arms, that you would continue to hold us in the hollow of your hand, keep us in the center of your wheel, cover us with your blood, and smear us with your favor. I pray now, God, that you would allow your word to, to be alive in us, that our light will shine and men will see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. It is in Jesus the Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for joining this podcast episode of Working the Dash with TK and Pastor Ruby Holland.